Good evening. My name is Mike Elstock. I pastor the Community Baptist Church in South Riding, Virginia. Thank you for joining us for our Sunday evening program. And uh, we're delighted that you've come on this Memorial Day uh, Sunday. And uh, it is a special day uh, for all of us as we uh, spend time expressing and, and meditating on our appreciation for uh, those who have given their lives in order to provide and sustain the liberties and freedoms that we enjoy uh, today. And I trust that uh, today, and especially tomorrow, Memorial Day Monday, that, uh, that this will be a, a precious time in your lives. We need to make sure that we sustain the civil liberties and freedoms that others uh, gave their lives to protect and to give to our generation these liberties. And God help us to our generation to stand and to uh, enjoy and preserve liberty and freedom uh, in, in our lifetime and for those who will come after us. So this is a, a great Memorial Day Sunday, and uh, we're delighted to uh, be able to come to you by way of this technology program this evening. Uh, we have Mark and Liz Rogers and their children, Hope and David, uh, were scheduled to be with us in person uh, this past Friday, yesterday, and today. Uh, the Rogers uh, family uh, are uh, traveling evangelists, preachers, musicians, uh, and God has used them in the life of Community Baptist Church for a long time. Uh, Mark began to come and preach and sing here uh, back before he was married, a young single man. And uh, over the years, God has used them over and over again to be a blessing to us. And so we had them scheduled to be with us, but of course, uh, we had to cancel because of the of the virus situation. But Mark is going to join me in just a few moments and uh, and uh, share just some thoughts about life and ministry during this uh, virus situation that we have been having. Uh, by the way, uh, if you are uh, on our Facebook page, why don't you go ahead and and share the program this evening so that others that you know might be able to join in, maybe even start a watch party. And if you're watching by YouTube, make sure you've subscribed to our YouTube uh, YouTube channel, and uh, that's uh, uh, helped to us in being able to reach new people uh, through social media. Well, uh, next Sunday might be the beginning of a return to uh, in-person services on Sunday morning. Uh, we'll let you know for sure during the week as we uh, see how things politically shake out this week. But uh, next Sunday might be our first Sunday morning of in-person services. We're going to continue on Sunday evening with our recorded programs with special guests each Sunday evening. And uh, we'll let you know more about that at the end of the program today. So let's uh, let's invite Mark Rogers to join us and uh, welcome him to our program this evening. Mark Rogers, it is so good to see you today. Well, it's good to be with you, brother. Been looking forward to it. You uh, have uh, my. How long has it been that you have been coming to Community Baptist Church? That's got to go back well over fifteen, probably twenty years. I would say probably 20 years, yes. How long have you been married? Uh, oh, now that's a, that's a question I'm glad my wife is not standing here. <laughs> I believe this year is 18 years. 
Okay, because I remember that when you started coming, the first couple of times that you came and preached and sang at Community Baptist, you were single. And so, That's uh, right. So it's got to be over 20 years that you've been coming, and uh, my how life has changed over that period of time. Oh, yes, it most certainly has changed. <laughs> well, I want you to know that God has used you in my life personally, my wife Betty, the church family. Your ministry has been unique uh, with your preaching and singing and um, scripture songs and so many of the things that uh, you've done at Community Baptist over the year. Uh, over the years has been just such a blessing to us, and uh, we're looking forward to the next time you're back with us. Amen. Well, we have enjoyed it. You know, I, I, I think I remember the first time we met would have been in the 90s, actually, in the in the mid-90s, uh -huh. and then uh, I was able to come to the church and, and uh, just have always enjoyed. I, I remember the first time that we went to where your building is now, and we had the tent set up, and we were out there in the mud yeah. talking to people, and and uh, just so exciting to see what the Lord has done uh, there with you and, and your people. That's uh, such a blessing. Yes. Well, of course, I before um, you joined me on camera, I had uh, shared with the church family that uh, you were supposed to be with us today. Uh, as a matter of fact, That's you right. were supposed to be with us <laughs> Friday, Saturday, and today. Uh, preaching and singing and you, your family, and um, and this thing uh, messed everything up. But I am so glad you're here on camera uh, with us today. Hey, tell tell us about how things going with the family. How's Liz doing? How are the kids doing? Hope and David? Well, things are going very well. Uh, everybody is uh, healthy and, and doing fine. Uh, the kids are growing up. Um, David is 14 now. And right at six feet tall, and Hope is 15 and just a little over six feet tall. Uh -huh. And so we have a, you know, we've got a, a houseful just with the four of us, and they're doing great. Hope, uh, here in Kentucky, she can get her driver's permit when she's 16, and so uh -huh. she's getting excited about that now because she'll be 16 in October. And so every afternoon she finds me and we go out in the truck and drive around out in the field behind the house so she can practice. <laughs> well, uh, so that's a big deal. Hope is excited, but I, are you and Liz excited? Well, you know, there are positives <laughs> and negatives to every situation. <laughs> oh, that's, that's amazing. Well, this, uh, this virus situation really messed things up uh, with us being able to have you guys here. It's always a blessing to be around your family and but um, hopefully once we get beyond this um, and uh, you're starting to travel again, we'll look forward to the next time you're with us. How, how has this impacted your ministry? Well, you know, our, our entire ministry is built around traveling from church to church. Mm -hmm. And so you can imagine that uh, uh, that has changed a bit. And uh, it, it really has. Our, our last meetings that were on the calendar were in March, and uh, so we've been home pretty much since the end of March. Uh, we've made it out uh, a couple of times for different things. As as things loosened up uh, in Indiana, there was a church about two hours away from us in Evansville that asked us to come over and sing for a revival meeting they were having as soon as they got back in their building, so we uh -huh. got to do that, and then uh, 
This past weekend, we were up in, in the Youngstown, Ohio area doing a uh, anniversary weekend revival. It was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and that was out in the parking lot with cars driving in. So it was a little unusual. I'd never preached to, to cars from a balcony before, and Friday night was a torrential downpour, and <laughs> it was just exciting. It was exciting all the way around. But we had a had a great time, and and it was nice just to get out and uh, and preach to some live people. And we've done quite a few things online, different churches, and uh, we did a revival meeting in Michigan and a service on the Zoom call in Indiana and a. Uh, uh, several other things. As a matter of fact, I preached in Virginia last Sunday night. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Over in uh, Fredericksburg for Sunday night while I was preaching in Youngstown, Ohio. It was amazing that I could hey. do both of those things at once. I tell you what, but, uh, you're fast. It's been it's been an unusual time, but um, you know we've we've traveled so much, uh, really 52 weeks a year for almost 25 years now, yeah. and, uh, you know, I'm always lamenting the fact that we don't get much time at the house, and so evidently the Lord heard my lamentation, and so you can blame all this on me, because now we've hey. got lots of time at the house. <laughs> well, we're always looking for someone to blame it on, so that's perfect. We'll just, uh, you'll be at the top it of the list. be me. <laughs> yeah. Are, are you sick of home yet? Well, um... You know, my list of projects just keeps growing, and so it'll, it'll be nice to get on the road so I don't have to worry about them. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I know that uh, that with all of the changes in life that, that most everybody has faced, uh, that uh, people's thought processes and, and what they think about is important uh, has sometimes mm -hmm. been impacted and changed. I was wondering... When I think about you, Mark, as as a, a preacher, an evangelist that preaches in church after church after church uh, every year, and and as a musician who who sings and uh, music is such a part of your your ministry, um, th there's got to be uh, some songs that God has used and resonated in your heart and uh, in this time of turmoil that people are going through. But what would be the number one song that, that seems to really come to your heart and mind when, uh, when you think about the COVID-19 crisis that America's been in? Well, um, about a month ago, a pastor from Louisiana uh, who has a radio station had called me and we did a, an interview on the radio and he was asking questions along those lines and I had I had uh, been thinking of the the old hymn in times like these, and so I looked it up in a in a uh, book that I had about the histories and the stories behind hymns, mm -hmm. and it was a, a fascinating story of how the song was written in a time of turmoil and and confusion, and you know it just simply states in times like these we need a savior, and mm -hmm. and it's never been more true than it is now. But as I was looking at that song. I flipped one page back in the book, and and there was the song Victory in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I've never really even thought about that. You know, that's just an old song that you know, everybody knows. And, and, and I began to read the story about that song, 
and the writer of the song, and, and I knew who had written it. His name was Eugene Bartlett. Sometimes in, in songbooks he'll be listed as E.M. Bartlett. And, and he was uh, what we would call an old Southern gospel uh, songwriter back from the days of shape notes. And he was actually, he was actually born in 1855 and uh, got saved young, sang in church all of his life, and then started teaching other people how to sing and helping churches with their choirs. And that was his whole life. And he uh, published songbooks and wrote, he wrote over 800 songs. And, and it's just a, he's a fascinating character. And as, uh, as I was reading the story, uh, what really jumped out at me, of course, he wrote some songs that people would recognize, especially, you know, if they're fans of old, old gospel music, you know, the old song, Everybody Will Be Happy Over There and yes. Just a Little While to Stay Here. He even wrote a song. <laughs> now, don't, don't judge me now. <laughs> when I was a, when I was a kid, my father was a, a big fan of the Grand Old Opry out of Nashville. Uh-huh. Yeah. And when he was growing up, and one of his favorites was Little Jimmy Dickens. I, you know, <laughs> there might be a couple of your people who would be familiar with Little Jimmy Dickens. But he had a famous song long, long ago, Take an Old Cold Tater and Wait. That was the song. <laughs> I, I, you know, the song is about how the preacher comes to the house for dinner, and, and because there's not enough food for everybody, his dad would say to him, you just take an old cold tater and wait while the preacher eats the ticket. <laughs> Well, as it turns out, Eugene Bartlett wrote that song, and, <laughs> and I had no idea. And so he had a, a long history, and he wrote all kinds of all kinds of music and traveled all over the place. One of his students was a a young man by the name of Albert E. Brumley, who wrote "I'll Fly Away" and dozens and dozens of other songs that you would recognize in that in that style of music. And so. Uh, he was an interesting character. And when he was 54 years old, he had a severe stroke. And all of a sudden, you know, I was, I was looking at things 54, you know, that used to be, that used to be old. But I'm 56, so 54 is not old anymore. And he was, he was paralyzed. He couldn't travel, he couldn't sing, he couldn't teach anymore. He had even founded a, 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 a college to teach music and singing. He taught music teachers. He taught choir directors. Uh, He was just an extremely active man and all the time writing music and singing and performing. And uh, in 1939, he had that severe debilitating stroke, 54 years old. He only lived two more years. And he wrote one more song in that two-year period while... uh, while he couldn't, he couldn't get out, he couldn't do anything. As a matter of fact, uh, according to several biographies that I've read now, uh, he spent those last two years, for the most part, reading his Bible and telling people every day that he was counting his blessings. Uh, that's pretty wow. impressive wow. when your entire life is flipped upside down. Uh. But while he, was, while he was in that condition those last two years, he wrote out, the words and the notes to his most famous song, which was Victory in Jesus. Wow. And he had to write one note at a time and color it, and then he'd come back to it and he'd write another note. He'd write a word or part of a word, and then he'd come back a day later and, and write another word 
and it was just so difficult for him to do anything that it took forever. And he wrote that song, and I'm going to do my best to to sing it for you. Oh, good. For you. And uh, I trust that you'll look at the song a little bit differently with that story in mind, because there are parts of it that you may not have really considered before, and it just starts off, you know the song. I heard an old, old story, how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sin and won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. And honestly, I had sung that song a million times and all three verses and I'd never given half a thought to the second verse until you think about where he is and what he's doing when he's writing the song. It says, I heard about his healing of his cleansing power revealing how he made the lame to walk again and caused the blind to and then I cried, Dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. And then you get down to verse 3 and suddenly you realize his focus is shifted. <laughs> and he's not thinking about the stroke and the pain and the problems. All of a sudden, he's thinking about what he has to look forward to. I've heard about a mansion he has built for me in glory. And I've heard about the streets of gold beyond the crystal sea. About the angels singing and the old redemption story. And some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing blood. Amen. Now that's a testimony, brother.
Ah, that's I, amazing. I, I know. I, I hope if I ever find myself in a in a spot like that, that'll be my attitude. Oh, it just it I, it stirred my heart uh, just to think I, about it that way. I I never heard the story. I'd never realized that 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 boy when you put life experience behind the words of a song, um, boy, it really uh it really changes how you look at the song. It does. It makes a huge difference in the impact. Sometimes we just sing through little songs and we don't even think about somebody having to sit down and write those words and what they might have experienced sure. at that moment. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what's going on in their heart and life. The Lord is good, that's for sure. God is a master at bringing good things out of bad situations. Yes. What an amazing God. Yeah, even in... In difficult times, you know, and we are, we're in the midst of a strange time. Um, there's no other way to look at it. These are strange times. Mm-hmm. And and in my own life, my tendency is to look at the frustrations of what I'd like to do that I can't do and and where I'd like to go that I can't go and all, all those different things. And I think that's just human nature. But if we could somehow instead focus on what God is doing. And none of it catches God by surprise. And if we can just rest in Him and know that what He's going to do is going to be right, then we can trust Him. I've been preaching, uh, Brother Ailstock, out of, out of Philippians probably for the last two years. <laughs> I just, I can't get out of it. And I keep finding more goodies and, and I keep going back to it and I'll stand up and, and announce my text and see my children's eyes glaze over. And they're thinking, oh, are we <laughs> Philippians again? <laughs> but in, in Philippians chapter 1, of course, the Apostle Paul is is sitting in prison. And, and it wasn't his intention when he went to Rome to go sit in prison. But there he is in a situation that uh, he would not have chosen, of course. And he's writing to the church at Philippi. And they're under the Roman Empire, and they're feeling persecution. And and no matter how you look at it, it's a it's a letter from somebody having a hard time to somebody who's having a hard time. And yet, all through the the four chapters of this little book, you see rejoice, 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 mm-hmm. because our rejoicing is not in our circumstances; it's in our God. Amen? Amen. It's not in, in the problems and the issues that come in life. It's in our Savior who's still in control. And and the thing that I want to share with you that just encourages me is in chapter 1. And, and it says in uh, verse number 20, According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Now that's not that's not defeatism. That's not giving up and and saying woe is me. Uh, there's disaster all around me. Instead, he says, I I don't get to decide how this turns out. That's out of my hands. How it all turns out. What I do get to decide is that I'm going to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ whether I make it through or whether I don't make it through, whether it turns out the way I want or whether it turns out just the opposite of how I want, <coughs> I can determine 
my reaction in the circumstance. And I'm going to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. For to me to live is Christ. If <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> that's not coronavirus. That's allergies. And uh, they, Somebody was mowing the lawn across the road today. <coughs> and I had my windows open for the breeze. And I think it came in and got me. Yeah. Yep. But he said, for to me to live is Christ. In other words, if I... If I survive the imprisonment and, and all the rest of it, I, I'm going to glorify God. And to die is gain. If, if I don't survive it all, I'm going to glorify God anyway. Amen. And that's kind of been my, my challenge through this whole thing. We, we didn't choose it six months ago. We never would have guessed uh, that we'd be sitting home for months on end and, and trying to figure out what's happening and what will happen next and, and uh, we had no idea, but God knew. Yeah. He already knew. And it's probably a good thing he didn't tell us or we didn't, we'd have been all, you know, confused and upset. Yep. But what we can determine is that we're going to, to the very best of our ability, glorify God in the middle of it. We're going to be a good testimony. We're going to be a witness. We're going to, we're going to let everybody know our God is in control and we trust him. Amen. Yeah, that's amazing. That. I quoted that verse you just read just just last week to somebody. Uh, God had put that uh, that verse in my mind as I was conversing with someone about uh, uh, to live as Christ, to die as gain. I mean, it's a win-win that you can't lose when you're it when you're a Christian and have a relationship <laughs> with God. You can't lose. Yes, I, I almost imagine the Apostle Paul's writing it down there with somewhat of a smile on his face. Saying, you know, they if they kill me, I win. Yes. <laughs> and they yes. don't even understand it. I win either way. <laughs> I was reading Psalm 49, uh, meditating and reading Psalm 49 uh, last week. And I ended up um, uh, speaking on a Sunday night and doing some devotions from, uh, from or just speaking on Sunday night, I think it was, from that psalm. And... Uh, and in it, the psalmist is focusing on how that the majority of people, they live for now. They live, yeah. he talks about trusting in one's wealth and possessions. He talks about the honor that people receive because of their wealth and their notoriety. And he paints this picture that's so much like success in Western culture. And then he says, those are the people that ought to fear death because it all ends. Yes. But then he says, why should I fear? Because the (laughs) Lord shall redeem my soul. My life begins at death. Theirs ends at death. Well, that's when the good stuff kicks in for the child of God. (laughs) We we live our whole life waiting to die so we can have the good stuff. Amen. (laughs) I've often thought what what a wonderful thing it would be to have that on your tombstone. For him to live was Christ and to die was gain. Yes. And then and then you have to just think for how many people would it be for them to live was to get all that they could get. Mm-hmm. And to die meant they lost everything. Yeah. How sad would that be? Oh, horrible. And, and that, Psalm 40, that Psalm 49, he, he says that, that they leave it all at the grave and, and somebody else gets all of their wealth. That's right. And it's yes. all gone. 
And, and then he included the phrase, they shall not see light. I thought that was very interesting. Oh. They shall not see light because the Bible talks about the blackness of darkness forever. And the yes. Bible talks about heaven as being a place of imminent light. We don't even need a sun or a moon because yep. Jesus Christ is the light and the glory. The light. What a contrast. Yes. Yep. No doubt about it. Uh, to walk with the Lord is a no-lose proposition. <laughs> yep. It's so sad to see people so afraid of COVID-19. So afraid of maybe catching the virus and then afraid that maybe it'll take them and they'll die mm -hmm. from the virus. And they're panicked. Uh, they're frozen yes. in fear. So mm -hmm. I, I, I heard of so many situations and people that were just frozen in fear because yes. the focus, somewhere we've got, and, and Christian people sometimes, but we, we've lost yes. focus. Yes, I've, I've heard of people, you know, uh, who have not been out of, <clears throat> excuse me, not been out of their homes for the last two months because they're afraid if they step outside the door, they're going to catch the virus, they're going to die. I, I, I understand being careful. I understand being wise and not exposing yourself, especially if you have other conditions and, and all those kind of things. But one thing you know for sure, and I, I'm not saying this to be unkind in any way, but if you're living in fear, you're outside of the will of God. Yeah. Because the Bible clearly tells us, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, yeah. but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And uh, we can trust him. He can take care of us. We should be wise, we should be careful, but we should trust him. Yes. And and he'll keep his promises. He will. Amen. Amen. Well, the word of God sure is precious at times like what America is going through. Amen. It is. And uh, it would be a it would be a wise time for all of us in America to turn back toward him. Yes. Um and not think that you know, we can do things without him. Because this ought to be a good wake-up call for us that the slightest little thing can show how weak we really are yes. and how much we need him. Yes, that is so true. We need a God that can meet us at the point of tragedy and, and confusion yes. and be our strength during those seasons. If God, if God couldn't do that, we wouldn't need him. That's so right. We certainly That's need right. the kind of God the Bible portrays him to be. Yes, we do. Wow. Well, I am sure that you have enjoyed preaching on Philippians. I, I can see it in your eyes when you when you <laughs> begin to talk about rejoicing. You're you're a uh, you're a happy guy. I mean, I, your music and your your preaching uh, joy is a profound subject that matches uh, your heartbeat. I know. Well, it's just. Uh... I, I don't see any reason for a child of God not to have joy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Rejoice uh, in the Lord always, and then I say rejoice. Amen. <laughs> amen. Thank you for coming and talking with me a little bit today. I, I, I'm so disappointed. Today's Memorial Day Sunday, and, and we were so looking forward. Yes. We were going to take the, the piano out on the uh, on the patio. We, were, oh. we, we bought a, a, a new um, grill at the church. Uh, for oh. this season, 
and uh, we were going to crank it up for the first time this afternoon, and uh, yes. going to have you out on the uh, patio uh, singing outside this afternoon, and uh, <laughs> in, 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 into the uh, evening service time, and then preach outside, and we had all these grand and glorious plans for Memorial Day weekend, and uh, oh well, another time, another year, perhaps, but uh, it sure is good to see you and hear from you today. It's so good to see you too, brother. I, I regret that we weren't able to be there this weekend because uh, we've been looking forward to it for a long mm-hmm. time. Uh, but we'll we'll make sure it happens before too long, yes. and we'll we'll figure Amen. it out somehow. Amen. Amen. Well, I'll never I'll never hear victory in Jesus again the same way I've heard it in the past. Thank you for sharing uh, that song and that story behind it, and then some thoughts from Philippians. Um, Thank you so much. Make sure you give uh, Liz and uh, Hope and David uh, a hug from Betty and I, uh, and uh, we'll just look forward to the next time God allows our paths to cross in person. I will certainly do it. Amen. Thank you, brother. I know you enjoyed that time with Mark Rogers, Mark and Liz, uh, Hope and David. Their family have been such a blessing to CBC over the years. And uh, I am so glad that we were able to uh, bring at least Mark in for a few moments on this Memorial Day Sunday. And uh, I'm glad that you tuned in. Thank you so much for being with us. Now, next Sunday we might be in an in-person live service on Sunday morning. Uh, we're still waiting uh, to find out how that, uh, how everything works out uh, regarding um, Virginia and uh, assemblies over 10 people. Uh, we have done due diligence on our part, uh, putting in in uh, in motion uh, the sanitation, the upgrade to our HVAC with higher uh, grade filters that that filter out uh, particles to keep the air fresher. Uh, to bring in more outside air, we, we've got the seating uh, figured out. Uh, we've we've uh, done a lot of work to get ready for an in-person service, and it may be next Sunday, but we'll let you know this week how that unfolds. Now, we're still going to have the Sunday evening in the same format as we have had the last nine weeks. Uh, we are going to be moving some of our education in our uh, adult classes uh, and our children's ministry classes that have been happening on Sunday morning through Zoom sessions, we're going to move some of that to Sunday afternoon, uh, coming up to the evening hour. And so rather than have a live in-person service on Sunday evening, we're going to have education and continue to do a recorded service uh, with um, with one of our missionaries or a, a guest. And so we'll be doing that uh, next Sunday evening as we have in the past. Regardless of what happens with the uh, social distancing and the and uh, our our governmental mandate, next Sunday we have a missionary that uh, we're going to be having in our evening program who is in a very sensitive country, a Muslim background uh, country in the Middle East, and uh, he and his family are being used of God to be able to take the gospel of Jesus Christ into a very needy area in the world, and uh, he's going to be on camera. Uh, next week, and uh, we'll be chatting about life and ministry, and I know you'll enjoy his presence with us next Sunday at 6 o'clock. 
Well, tomorrow's Memorial Day Monday. Uh, you not likely have time off work if you have been working. Uh, whatever your situation is, I hope you have a great Memorial Day and uh, that you spend some time thinking about those who, uh, who gave their lives to be able to sustain the freedom that we enjoy in America today. Let's, let's stand up for our liberties and freedoms and uh, on this Memorial Day Monday, and let's make sure that we are faithful in, in preserving liberty and freedom that others gave their lives to sustain for our generation. So have a great Memorial Day. God bless you. We'll see you again next week. Be strong, be strong. Thank you for joining us for part of a Sunday service at Community Baptist Church. I hope to meet you soon. May God impress His love upon your heart this week. Be strong in the Lord.